one of the main th variables that will help therapy be successful is the relationship that you have with the therapist. So you've got to feel good about the person that you're working with. This week, what to do if your marriage counseling isn't working? What should you look for in a therapist? How do you know if a therapist is any good? Dr. Karen Sherman explains how to get unstuck in marriage therapy. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we love our wine club, and we're going to shamelessly plug it again. This year, our wine club partner Touring and Tasting is celebrating their 20th anniversary and are offering special deals and discounts on top of their already existing deals and discounts throughout the year. We love the Hitched Wine Club because it's a monthly reminder to slow down and reconnect. Yes, date night ideas are included with each shipment. We have several different levels of the wine club, from the happy couple of marital bliss to soulmates and happily ever after. Right now, you can join the happy couple wine club level with your first shipment 50% off, bringing the total to under $25. And the shipping is always free. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is the author of multiple books. She has her own radio show. Uh, she has her own uh, online program to help couples out there called From Fight to Foreplay. And you can find that at fromfighttoforeplay.com. And uh, we are going to talk today about couples who... Uh, well, we'll just say that they've had some disagreements in their past. They have uh, gone to marriage counseling and it didn't work. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going out on a limb here to suggest that there is not a 100% success rate uh, with, with marriage counseling. Um, and I mean, I, I suppose what's more surprising is that people wouldn't try it if they think their marriage is on the brink, but that happens as well. Uh, but there are instances where, uh, a couple does make an effort. They do go to marriage counseling, uh, and they don't get the results they're looking for. And so Karen, this is right in your wheelhouse. You, you see couples all the time. Uh, you have another one after this, uh, episode, um, what are some of the reasons that marriage counseling may not work for a, a, a particular couple? Oh, there's lots of reasons. Um, so first of all, let, let's talk about the therapist. Um, the therapist, a lot of times, um, may say that they will work with a couple, but they're not trained to work with couples. There's a definite difference between the kind of therapy you do when you're working with an individual and you're working with a couple. Um, and I, what I'm hoping this episode will do is help couples gain some education about what they need to do when they're looking for marital therapists or therapists in general. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm a big advocate of shopping 
for, yeah. for therapists. You know, we shop for cars, we shop for jeans, we do all kinds of research, but we don't do that for therapists. So it's really important when you're calling people to ask them, you know, do you work with married couples? Have you experienced working with married couples? Um, and you might even uh, ask even more specifically if you have a particular situation. So if you are uh, dealing with an affair, if you're dealing with an addiction, um, you know, if you have a certain, you know, particular problem other than typical, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling the love or, you know, we don't have enough time for each other, things like that, then you want to even ask the therapist, have you worked with couples in this particular area? Because if somebody doesn't have experience in that area, then they not, might not be the right therapist for you. So the first reason that is going to fail is that the therapist might not really be equipped to uh, handle marriage in general or the particular problem that you're bringing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the next reason that it could fail is the person just may not be a good therapist. Mm. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, you've got people who might be inexperienced. Now, unfortunately, um, you know, in any profession, you've got people who are just beginners and you've got people, you know, who are experienced and obviously experience makes you better. Um, that's not to say that you can't find somebody who's gifted early on, but a lot of times, um, again, experience is going to make you better. And this is a bias. So let me state it up front. Um, <laughs> a lot of people call me and I do not belong to any of the panels. I'm an out-of-network provider. What that means is that um, people can get reimbursed through insurance if they want to use my services, but it is as an out-of-network provider. Most um, marital therapists are out-of-network providers. And interestingly, insurance companies do not reimburse for marital therapy, which is absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Um, so most of us who are experienced do not take um, uh, insurance, do not take reimbursement from the insurance companies. We're out on our own. I'll tell you who does. The people who are just starting out and, you know, who are trying to build their practice. Now, again, there are many people, I was once a beginner also, there are many people who are gifted. I don't want to say across the board that they're not going to be good, but you're not likely to get experienced therapists who are in network. And again, there may be some people who are on the insurance panels um, who do know what they're doing, who are experienced. Yeah. All right. So I just sort of want to, you know, cover myself in all the places. Sure. And, and as you stated earlier, it, experience alone, you might have the wrong experience. That's correct. Oh, that's correct. Okay. Now, moving along, it also depends on the attitude of the therapist. Some therapists have the attitude that if you're not happy, you deserve to be happy in this life, and so your marriage should end. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to another bias. You asked, so I'm I'm gonna Yeah. Oh. I, I I was just I was just kind of snickering over here just because I know the answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a site which I belong to. Um, but I don't get any money from being on the site other than possible referrals called Marriage Friendly Therapists. Now, in order to be on that site, if, if, you at, if you're on Psychology Today or if you're on any number of other sites, mm -hmm. you pay to be on those sites and, you know, you, you get referrals from those sites. Now, though I do pay to be on Marriage Friendly Therapists, 
you also, that is the only site where your credentials have to be checked. So in other words, you can't just be on that site. You have to have a background that they feel is credible. The other thing is that any one of us who's on that site has signed an affidavit saying that we are pro-marriage. Now, that doesn't mean that come hella high water, you know, we're going to say you must stay in this marriage. But our perspective, our belief is that we try to save your marriage. So that if somebody comes in and says to me, um, I'm just feeling like I don't, I'm not in love anymore, I don't take that as the end of a marriage. I look beyond that as to why that feeling exists, you know, what the problems are, etc. Um, again, that is a different perspective than somebody who says, well, you know, if you're not feeling that you're in love with your partner anymore, things do happen. You've, you've had, quote, a successful marriage. You've been married 25 years and you deserve to be happy. And so therefore, you know, let's work on, you know, how you can separate happily. So that's another reason that marriage therapy might not work. Okay. All right. All of that's on the therapist. Okay. Now, then there are things that the couple um, might be doing or not doing that would cause it to not work, um, which is they not may not really be working at it. They may not be honest in the therapy. Um, I had a situation years ago where somebody came to me, um, a couple, and I worked really hard at trying to um, help them and the marriage um, could not be saved. And I later found out that he was involved with another woman. And throughout the entire marriage, he never acknowledged that to me privately or whatever. So, you know, um, there can be reasons either where there are secrets or where the people are just not really working at it. They're there because, you know, well, let me just come because my you know spouse wants me to come. I mean, you have instances where people go to school and don't learn anything. That's correct. So, I mean, it's it's totally understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, of course, there can just, you know, they, they may not be ready. They may not really be ready to, you know, to do their work. And then, of course, it can be a combination. It, it may just not be the right therapist for you. Okay. Um, and that's a really important component. Um, whether you're doing individual therapy or marital therapy, it's really, really important to find um, somebody that you feel comfortable with uh, personality-wise and with their methodology. Okay. Okay. So very long answer, mm -hmm. but it's an important question. Sure. Okay. So we we get to the situation where the marriage counseling isn't working. Mm -hmm. Uh should should uh, somebody within that re relationship then explore some personal counseling? Because I know we've talked about uh, some in some instances, all you can change is yourself. So would it be beneficial to then just seek out personal counseling in hopes that it helps or saves the marriage? Or, uh, I mean, you just mentioned it, trying to find a different marriage counselor or what, what would be the next course of action in, in your estimation there? Well, I think that um, it's important that if the couple is feeling that they're not happy with the progress they're making or they're not, you know, working on the things that they feel um, are getting them anywhere, that they, they really should be saying something to the therapist. Now, periodically, I will say to my couples, you know, how do you think things are going? Um, you know, how are we doing? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't ask that. There are some therapists who do that regularly. Um, I do it intermittently. 
Um, but there are times where I might be off the mark. I'm not a perfect therapist. Um, and I think that it's important that the, the consumer, the, the clients, if they feel that something is not going well, or they're not happy about something again, whether it be individual or in couple therapy, that they say to the therapist, you know, you said this, or you suggested this, or we're not happy about this or whatever, that they bring it up to the therapist. So if it's not going well, before they just jump ship or look for something else, that they, they discuss it with the therapist. Mm -hmm. I, I like that point because I think too often, whether it's mental health or physical health, we fail to be an advocate for our own well-being. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, particularly as a you know uh, somebody who's not a therapist or a doctor or anything like that, us citizens, <laughs> uh, mortal citizens, we feel sometimes intimidated by the mm -hmm. expertise of the other person and just assume that if something doesn't feel right or it's not working out, that uh, that's it. Not not even questioning the authority of the other person and not necessarily even the authority, but um, the, the execution or the progress. Uh, we just assume that you know, doctors and therapists know what's best and they would bring it up if something were wrong. So I'm really happy to hear you um, point that fact out because I think too many people fail to do that. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, as a therapist, if I'm not serving you because it is a service profession, I want to know that. Um, I was working with a couple long distance and um, they sent me an email saying that they were going to, um, you, you know, be back in touch in a while. And that didn't sit well with me because though they gave me a reason, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable. I felt like maybe something, you know, I had done was not satisfying them. So I called up to discuss it. I wasn't just going to leave it mm -hmm. and said, you know, is there something that, you know, I'm doing or that you're not happy with, or is there something that you feel we're not covering? And it turned out that it was a, a combination of some other factors in their life that were going on that they really did need to attend to for a while. But also she did want me to slant it a little bit differently than what we were working on. Fine. You know, I'm glad to have that opportunity. I'd much rather do, you know, hear that input than they just sort of, you know, fade off into the distance and I don't know anything at all. Yeah. Um, so um, I would much rather hear that. And look, you know, if the person can't respond to you, then then fine. You know, you call it a day and, and you say, okay, thank you. And, you know, the person, you know, may not be right or may not be able to respond to what your particular needs are. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, I, and in terms of my profession writing, I've run into several instances where I've written things and it's been rejected. And then I f do the follow-up similar to you and find out it's not the content, but the approach that I took to the content mm -hmm. and a simple rewrite fixed, fixed everything. You right. Know? So, um, okay. So then I, you know, I realize that this is a subjective question, uh, depending on, a multitude of circumstances, uh, but how long should a couple wait or work at counseling before they are perhaps able to determine that it just isn't working for them? You're right. It is a subjective question. I think that, I think probably I would say about three months 
Um, and I'm not saying that in three months your marriage is going to be in tip-top shape, but I think that you've got to give it a couple of months to at least feel like you're making some kind of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you feel like you're getting absolutely nowhere, um, you know, that you could sort of say, you know, at least say something to the therapist at that point. But I think you've got to at least give it a chance. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, would you be able to assess perhaps within the first month uh, that things aren't like that you're not getting the questions? In? Like we talked just uh, just a moment ago about uh, not addressing the issue that you want or the slant that you want within like a first month, would you be able to see that kind of a thing show I, up? You know, the truth is, Steve, I think probably the first month, even, you know, four to six weeks, you'd be able to, and, and really it should be addressed sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, but within three months, if you're get, not getting anywhere, then I would say you're not getting anywhere. Got it. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's a, that's a great marker to, uh, to know that's out there. Um, what if you are finding that counseling really just isn't working? And uh, in, in let's say that you've tried more than one therapist um, or counselor, what other options might there be for a couple who doesn't want to pack it up and call it a day? They really want to solve this issue, but the counseling itself just doesn't seem to be having the impact they were hoping for. Well, let me address the first thing you said, that they've tried several counselors. If you've tried several counselors and it just never seems to work, I think that it behooves you to look at why is it that you've tried several different counselors and it never seems to work? Can it really be all those different counselors that are just no good or that the process is really just no good? Or is it something about the two of you not really wanting to work it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's one counselor, you can, you know, it may be their style. If it's a second counselor, you know, it it, it could happen. But if you've gone several times and just keep switching, then I'm going to say, it may be something inherent to what you are not bringing to the table, let's say. Looking Uh, at the common denominator in those situations. Right. Um, But if counseling is just not your thing, um, yeah, there there are books. Um, I mean, my goodness, there's just such a multitude of offerings that are available these days, workshops, books, um, CDs, programs, you know, um, much of it is, is free. Um, and you know, um, I think that you can certainly learn a lot from, from what's available. I think the, the biggest thing is having the motivation to really want to pay attention to your relationship. And notice I'm using your word, attention, as yes. opposed to work. Yes, uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I remember years ago I was working with a couple and they they were kind of short on funds. And at one point, I looked at them and I said, you know what? Rather than come to therapy next week, take the money that you pay me and go out and have a good time. Because I really feel the two of you need to play. Mm-hmm. And and they came back the week after and they said, thanks, that was so fabulous. And that's, and that's what we started doing, that they'd alternate coming to therapy and then using the money and playing. And, and that was what they needed. So, um, you know, again... It's not that one one thing is going to be good for everybody. 
Um, and, and as I said, there's so many different ways that you can get information these days. The most important thing, I thing being that you make your relationship a priority. Got it. Okay. And, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention again, your website from fight to which is well, a- that thank you. That's to help people learn how to deal with conflicts. Con- yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Um, and of course there's tons of past episodes where they can hear your advice on all sorts of fantastic topics. Um, and I'm going to be self-promotional here and, of course, say that you should dig through the archives of hitchedmag.com because we have thousands, literally thousands of articles right. about right. marriage. So, right. Absolutely. Um, so we know that marriage is a long-term relationship, uh, which means that some couples might actually have tried counseling or going to a marriage therapist early in the relationship, but because of a bad or ineffective experience, they now refuse to try again, perhaps years or even decades later. What would you say to those couples about giving it a second shot? Oh, please do. Because first of all, it's often, you're just not ready the first time you're in a different place. And the only thing that I would say is, uh, do, do your shopping. And here's what I mean. Um, Get a list of names. Again, I'm going to recommend go to marriagefriendlytherapist.com. Or if you don't do that, certainly get a list of names and then make some calls. And I believe that if any therapist is worth worth your time, your time, that they should be willing to speak to you for at least 10 to 15 minutes on the phone mm-hmm. and um, tell you a little bit about who they are and listen to you a little bit. Um, there's There's thousands of us. Um, if somebody is, and, and this is just my feeling, if somebody's not willing to give you 10, 15 minutes on the phone, hang up and go to somebody else. Um, and so the reason for that call is really to get a feel for the person because, um, all the research indicates that one of the main variables that will help therapy be successful is the relationship that you have with the therapist. So you've got to feel good about the person that Mm -hmm. you're with and you know so so speak to a couple of people make an appointment maybe make appointments with two or three people go in and you have the right to ask the person you know have you worked with people in our situation before what is the plan how do you expect to work with us um years ago um I was doing a lot of skills training where people would learn the tools on how to you know, work with each other. And I think that there is a place for that, for sure. Um, What I have done through my years, because I'm still constantly learning, I don't just stick with one thing and that's it. Um, I've now uh, switched over more to a model that is um, more in line, not, I don't want to say I'm trained by Sue Johnson, but more in line with Sue Johnson's model, where you um, speak more to the underlying feelings because um, very often we're afraid to discuss our feelings and it comes out in all sorts of different ways which are um, negative and create conflicts, etc. And that's, po- that's the EFT approach, emotionally yeah. focused therapy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my point is that um, when you really get to talk about and express your true feelings and not blame each other and, you know, attack each other, etc., I believe it allows you to have a much more connected, intimate relationship. So 
I'm I'm only expressing this in this podcast because again, when you have knowledge, it will allow you to speak to therapists and ask, you know, how do you do your therapy? You know, um, what will you help us learn to do? Mm-hmm. And as they explain what they're doing, you can see if it feels right to you. Um, you know, you may want to have just just teach me how to actively listen. Just teach mm-hmm. me, you know, how to um, divide up the chores. Um, you know, things like that. You've got to find what's right for you. Okay. Now, uh, I actually have a question about this, uh, which is, you know, let's say it has been two decades and mm-hmm. somebody went to a therapist and it wasn't working. And we talk a lot on Hitched about all this new research that comes out and this greater understanding of uh, human dynamics and social interactions. Has the therapy gotten better, Would you do you think, over the years? Or, I mean, has our understanding or the techniques improved I think so. Okay. Um, I do. I think that, you know, we have come to understand what helps us relate better. Uh, John Gottman, who's the leading researcher, um, has done a huge amount of uh, work in helping us understand um, what helps couples stay together. He can predict when couples are going to get divorced. So I think between his work and um, the work of people like Sue Johnson, we have a much better hand. And Bill Dougherty is is wonderful also in helping people. He's come up with a new therapy, um, discernment counseling, uh, which is for couples who don't know whether they even want to have marital therapy. Um, they, it's a type of therapy called discernment counseling, which I'm getting trained in now, as far as discerning, do you want to get divorced or do you possibly want to go for marital therapy? So I think that there's a lot of work being done out there that offers couples, um, a lot more variety that responds to the different needs. Mm, Fantastic. And where would you weigh, just to kind of close it out here, where would you weigh uh, a referral from a friend that they have gone to a counselor? Uh, Do you do put much credibility in that or is it, you know? Well, I think anytime you get a referral from a friend who says this is somebody that I went to that I liked, that it has, you know, significance for you. But again, it's got to be somebody that you you know, can relate to also. So I think that that can be somebody that you check out for yourself. So a, a, a decent jumping off point, but just yes. because your friend went there and it may have worked for them, doesn't necessarily mean it's a good fit for you. Correct. Okay. Fantastic. Um, well, this was a great topic. I'm really glad we touched on this because I think there were a lot of questions answered for people who uh, may be in therapy or maybe thinking about it or may have tried it and have given up. So Uh, I think there has been a lot of enlightenment with this issue. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. Thank you, Steve. Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the author of, uh, co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. As I mentioned before, uh, and Karen mentioned, a conflict, conflict resolution program that she has, you can find that on her website from fight2foreplay.com. Uh, you can also listen to Karen not just on the Hitch podcast, but she has her own show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Your Empowered Relationship, and you can find the link to that on her website as well. And of course, as I've uh, shamelessly plugged throughout this episode, 
you can find tons of information about marriage, about relationships, uh, about dealing with conflict, about finding a marriage counselor, about pretty much anything you can possibly think of at this point uh, on our website, hitchmag.com. Um, I hope you have gone back and listened to some of the episodes uh, if you're new to the podcast. Uh, Karen has mentioned uh, Dr. Sue Johnson and her work. We, uh, not too long ago, had uh, Dr. Michelle Gannon and Sam Hinnich on, who are direct disciples of Sue Johnson and do workshops with her, and they have one coming up uh, early 2015 with Sue Johnson, Uh, so you can hear about that and what the EFT therapy is all about, so we give a really good breakdown of that. Um, and, uh, and John Gottman, we actually just recently posted something new. Uh, he has a new book out. We posted, uh, two excerpts from his new book, uh, on our website. So give that a look as well. So we are all over the place. So I hope you find the resource helpful. Uh, but until next time, that will do it for us. Thank you one last time, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. That's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Tonight, the world is ours tonight.